podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name is Dan Huff from Twickenham CC. Once again, the sun has been shining. We've had an awful lot of really good cricket in Middlesex and no doubt beyond. So very much looking forward to chewing the fat about all things MCCL with Sal and Ali from North London. Sal, how are you? Yeah, we're enjoying the sunshine, Dan. You got that message I sent the other day, Daily Star Spoken. I did. And they're predicting uh, some good weather for the next few weeks, so... And as we know, the Daily Star is not wrong about weather forecasters, is it? So that's great. Exactly. So fingers crossed. Yep. And it was the last day of the Premier League football season. I know we sort of said we would never talk about this again ever, but didn't go too bad for your boys, did it? To the Arsenal? Yeah, but like sort of the horse's bolster, isn't it, kind of thing now. But still, yeah, it's always good to win 5 0. A couple of players obviously leaving as well. So good farewell to those, those players and hopefully look forward to a good season next year where we can go run better. Good, good. Good, good. Back to the cricket. You were you were a busy man on Saturday, I believe. Did you you have a decent game yourself? Where were you? Yeah, I was at Southampton Brentford, did a two game, which we'll speak about later on. But it was a nice day out. Yeah, there was good hosts down there and good people. So yeah, it was, it was a nice sort of game to umpire and good colleague Will Harris, who's first of all umpire and really nice guy as well. So it's always nice when you've got someone to, you know, get you going well standing with you, it makes it job a little bit easier. So yeah. Excellent. Well we'll we'll get to that in, in due course. Sal, I want to break with tradition a little bit here normally we start with the prem and work our way down and there's an obvious logic to that but uh, i was speaking to to, to the captain of, of one of the sides in division six earlier and it did strike me that they that there was a, a right rip snorting finish between north holt manor and crs cardinals now for those who don't know they they play as i say in the seventh tier so in division six and they had a tie south which i always think you know amusing on and interesting on one level but this was particularly interesting because of two of the bits that I found out about it. So I thought I'm just going to throw this in as an intro, right? See if you've heard anything like this in your own career. First up, so Northwalk Manor about first, the 206 all out. Right? CRS Cardinals are chasing it. They're going pretty well. Okay, they're, 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 you know, they're cruising along. And they get to 204 for seven. So they need three to win. And they've got three wickets left. It's sort of the Cardinals to win from there, right? Then things go a little bit skew with. And I was, as I say, speaking to Ali Navala, who's the, the skipper, at North Oak Manor, and he was saying that their star bowler was, you know, it was a guy called Hatim Kanchwala, and he, he's doing well. And he's, you know, he, he's getting, he's got his third wicket of the day with an LBW that makes things a little bit tighter. So now we've got the situation where CRS Cardinals need two to win, and the North Oak Manor boys need two wickets, getting close. We've got eight balls left, money's still on CRS. Hatim's bowled really well all day. And I quote Ali Navala, he then bowls the worst ball he bowled all day. So obviously had a bit of a nightmare, half tracker. And the CRS Cardinals batter sees this. The eyes light up. Patrick Rayburn stands there, smashes it through mid-wicket, four runs. Job done. I don't know how Patrick celebrated, but I'm sure he did in, in an entirely appropriate way. Until someone notices a bail on the floor. And it become pretty clear that had nothing to do with the wicketkeeper, nothing to do with anybody else. Hit wicket, Mr. Rayburn's out. Four runs don't count. Calm down, CRS Cardinals. It's game on. So we now got to the last two. We've had a hit wicket to, to, to really complicate this. We're now at the last two. It's Glenroy White and Zia Safi. He's 35 now. By the sound of it, he's, he's very much the man to, to win this game. They play out four dot balls. There's four balls to go. Zia then sneaks one down off his legs, down to the guy at 45. They scamper through. 
scores a level. Three balls, one to in, one to in. Now, Glenn Roy's on strike. He punches the ball to cover. He sets off. He's going to get to the end as quick as he can. I don't think he's Usain Bolt, I'll be honest with you, but he's going as quick as he can. And he hits it straight to Anwar, part of Allah, who's at cover. He picks it up and it's a flat race, Sal. It's like the Olympic 100 metres. It's a flat race. Who can get to that bowler's end first? And Anwar Pardavala wins, knocks off the bales, and all of the North Alt Manor guys go completely and utterly bonkers. So it's ended in a tie. If only they had frog box, right? Because it sounds to me like an absolute classic finish. I mean, have you heard of anything similar? Have you had ties like that before? I've played in the game with a tie, but nothing that extraordinary. I mean, if it was frog box viewing... If it was uh, on Frogbox, I'd be watching it all day today. That would be my Sunday sort of That's great, doesn't it? Yeah. So many clubs do have Frogbox now. I was hoping, but apparently it's not there. But it's a fantastic finish, isn't it? I mean, you do kind of think, I think there's one ball left in the game to the scorecards. The the run out was in the... It would have been the fifth ball of the last over. That's right. Yeah. Obviously, is it Glenn Roy, the fellas, eh? Was keen to get over and done with. Patience may have been more sort of suited here. Just wait for the last one and see what happens. But still... Obviously, yeah. you know, I think a tie is always a good sort of some indication of how well both sides have played, and you know, I'm sure CRS probably ruined the fact they've been they've been denied maybe yeah. a full win, but um, Norfolk will obviously be happy to get to go over five points. But yeah, it's, it's well, Ali was telling me, you know, what a game of cricket. Both sides had said afterwards, you know, phenomenal game of cricket, and it is interesting because I was saying to a few people at the Green yesterday, I was watching our twos that if you hit the ball and you both run, you're getting more or less every time. I guess a better underline, more or less, right? Clearly not every time, because that's exactly what they did. And 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 the guy at cover ran them out. So five points each for for those guys and an absolute forever finish. How do things go in the Prem, though, Sal? Sal, where do we start there? The low ties in the Prem this week, Dan. The Prem, OK. But despite the early sort of, you know, days in the season, there are there is a clutch of clubs at the, at the top who are developing into, which could be an interesting season this year. So Hampstead are one of those who would be eating by seven wickets. Quite easy win for them. Wickets were shared around. So Mo Ahmed, Kieran McCoon with the left arm spinner. They've got the season. Captain Mubasha took three wickets each, leading all out for 160. The only player really stood out, Dolly Wilkin, scored 83. And despite it being a very good track from what I was told, you know, 160 was going to be well below par and even would have to bowl really, really well. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case for them. Kieran Johnson scored, I think, 80 or not out. And Amsterdam in, in pole position. But they shared a lead with the Bush, who also won at home, beating Stamon by 46 runs. Well, Shropshire man, Joe Carrasco scored 50, but the play really got a feel for it. Marcus Howard, who was out at 97, as Bush finished on 2 for 1 for 8. Ex-captain scored 54, but when this Bush attack gets going, they work well in tandem. And this was a great example where all the players sort of chipped in. The seam bowlers up front took their wickets. The spinners came into their own as well. And as I said, it results in a win for the Bush by 46 runs. So we have two sides at the top. However, there's a little crop of clubs behind. Obviously, it's early days, and you might know more about this game than me, Dan. Um, Bronsbury, good result for those guys at home to Twickenham. I mean, they did look in a lot of trouble at 150 for nine at one point, but the two young lads in, 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 their, in their side batter really well. Richardson and Beagles added 47 for the last wicket, which obviously gave a much needed boost. Ended up on 197, I think it was, in the end. As, as you get so often with Twickenham, Neville Talbot doesn't hang around, Bister and starts. However, Dinners came to them with a bit of a comical run out, not from his part, obviously, where he finds it funny at all. But if you watch it, it's quite sort of, you know, uh, bit of a bit of a mad moment, I suppose, from both players in some ways. And once he was out, it was, it was really, really tough. Wes Morick has been no season campaigner. 
been around. Very good cricketer, very widely bowler, you know, runs enough seven, eight paces, moves the ball around. He's put a four for eight seven would be one doing really, I suppose, and all that for one, two, seven, twenty seven overs, which is something I'm sure you'll speak about in a minute, Dan, is the fact you've scored hundred twenty seven runs in twenty seven overs overs just show, you know, you're able to get runs quickly, but it's about also staying in and someone digging in like you like to say on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean you could trot out a lot of cliches about the Twickenham game against Bromsbury. One is you don't have to hit every ball for four. And I think I think a few players, I mean, and I'm still not talking about Neville Tolbert because he, just, he really does just do that. But the, the, sometimes, you know, you need to take the strain a little bit. And it may well be me being an old fart, but but both top orders, I think, probably tried to play a few too many shots, judging by. And the fact that both bottom orders batted reasonably well says that you know it wasn't it wasn't a particularly poor surface or anything and and certainly the Bronsbury last wicket partnership is a real killer there because they, they put on a lot of runs it changes the whole tone and and you're right we started quickly that the run out is is an x-rated piece of cricket particularly if you're in Twickenham colours and and that that, that again it, that sort of thing um, seems to happen a bit too frequently to Twickenham, uh, or at least it, it appears to to me. So, so yeah, I think a bit more of a calmer, calmer head uh, or calmer heads all round, and, and there could have been a lot more runs in that game. Really, I don't think any of the bowling was was, was super fantastic. Although I think there was you know a degree of confidence around. Obviously, one thing I do think with this league though, Sal, is that no team's unbeaten. We're only in week four, and of course we missed week one, so no team's unbeaten. And there's only one team that hasn't won, and that's Crouch End. And, and, and I suspect that they will win, win games as the season goes on. It strikes me as a pretty even division, right? Seems so, tipped at the table. There will be some side, obviously, making head, headway soon eventually and maybe some sort of drop down the table. But at the moment, if it just goes some results from, from Saturday, it does show that adding of anyone can be anyone is true. Because, you know, we go to Crouch End, we just mentioned Dan, champions two years ago, finished third last season, having a real you know, tough start to the season. You know, if you look at their Finch against Finch, it's, it's, it's a home win on many people's eyes. And when Finch, you were 178 for nine, chasing Crouch, and I think two or eight they scored in the end, you kind of think Finch should be you know, down and out. But they've all played Burton, we know a real sort of war horse, real tough campaigner. And one of the young guys they've signed, Rafael Iman, is a spinner. They both really dug in deep and, and got their side home, and it's their first win in the Prem. So, you know, this, this situation where Two years ago, there's a very young side and didn't win a game all season. Maybe them youngsters have sort of developed their game and become a bit sort of stronger mentally as well. And to beat Crouch in a way is no mean, you know, not many people will, will go and do that at all. So congratulations to Finch on, on recording their first victory. Crouch and Nassim and Sam's 50. But however, there, there will be concerns in the ranks about, you know, Kirchhoff is a massive loss. We know that, you know, the virus sensation last season. Who's going to step up the season and, and be that man, be that player? Yeah. And do look at the fixtures. I think they come to you guys next time. You host them on Saturday. So that should be interesting. Yeah, well, we'll either win by 100 runs or lose by 100 runs. But, but yeah, you know, you're right. I, th- I think it's, I think Crouch End will be a little bit concerned. I mean, who wouldn't be? You played three, lost three. But they've still got some decent cricket players in there and they absolutely could have beaten Finchley. I mean, I mean it may well be that Finchley and Bronze, Bronzeby, the two sides that have come up, it may well be that they ultimately are the two that find themselves struggling a bit. But at the moment, I think that there is, it, it is a, Bit of an open season here, and just just if you'd have turned our result around, so we're ninth at the moment, Twickenham. If we'd have been Bronsbury, we'd have been joint top. Yeah. So I mean, it's only week four, but yeah. the, I think the the thing for me is there's going to be a you know a period of time here where where two three wins on the bounce will make a massive difference to where you are. And if I were Crouch End, that's exactly the way I'd be looking at it because there's, there would be nothing stopping them coming to Twickenham and and, and winning on Saturday. But they'll know that you don't get you don't get free wins in the Premier League. 
Um, no. And you know, a lot, of, a number of teams have, uh, uh, have probably, you know, Shepherd's Bush last week on the green is another good example, but reversed. So, so I think that you know, there's a lot of interesting cricket going to be played this year, and there may be a few surprises along the way. And to be honest, I'm all for it, Sal. No, I agree. I think also just due to the fact that the first two games are called off and it's it's, it's limited overs games that are called off, they, they're normally the ones, you know, you get an indication maybe after the first round of games in limited overs who's going to finish where. But with them two games out the window, there's less points obviously being accumulated by size in, in the other three games that we've got in limited overs. So it may be, as I said, the season where things are a bit different just down to the way the weather sort of turned out. I mean, we'll quickly talk about Ted and Sinan, who are last year's champions and they put a really ruthless display on Saturday. Yeah, there are players in the league who are stand-up players and who win games on their own. And I was one of those players who hasn't played last week. Came back in this Saturday, scores a hundred out of two ninety-six before. Gets good support from Aaron Amin, who scores seventy not out, and Tenton, you know, absolutely destroy North Mid, who have all out for one hundred eight, three one hundred four. Brewster, Andrew Brewster, quick bowler, one of the quickest guys around apparently, and you know, real potent sort of part of Eden's tennis and attack. He took five for twenty-three, so Tennyson back on the winning trail. And as you said, Dan, it's, it's just one of those table in a minute. Just looks like it could change week in, week out. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I'm in, I'm interested with North Mid as well because as I forget, Craig Chen haven't lost three of they that they've lost two. The issue with Craig Chen is that they had the second game rained off, whereas most sides just had the first. But I think with North Mid, so they they lose to Tennyson. That happens. I mean, big loss, but that happens. But they beat Finchley by. 12 runs so either Finchley a bit better than we thought they were and there's, we've got more evidence of that haven't we mm. or North Mid are perhaps not where they might have been now that makes me think that this week against Hampstead North Mid against Hampstead is a really interesting game because Hampstead have started quite well and after North Mid play Hampstead they play Shepherds Bush now if things go wrong there North Mid could have had three losses on the bounce you know yeah. they might not do but I, th- I think they've got a couple of really interesting games coming up that will that will sort of either tell us whether they're going to be right at the top or whether they're going to have a much tougher season. So that Shepherds-Bush game, of course, is not an overs game. It'll be a timed game on the 10th of June. So interesting interesting cricket ahead. And Junjun Waller, he's missed a couple of games, hasn't he? Is that right? Is, is he back now? Do, do we know what his availability I mean, I don't is? Know, personally, I know he's a very reason man. He's on the radio, obviously, doing a cricket mm. commentary. He's got his own coaching business as well. So we've been demand elsewhere, I don't know. But obviously, when he is back in that side, Tennyson are a much better side, just down to the quality yeah. he brings it about. Well, he'd improve any and side more, in, and more in English cricket old. almost, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, know, yeah he's, yeah, he's that yeah. good a player. Yeah. Talking a good side, we're moving to Division 1. Game of the day, probably Old Deer Park with Richmond, and they perform strongly, right? Yeah, so Ginger was outside, actually. He played for them for moving to Tennyson. And they, true. They've, got, they've gone out of intent this year, haven't they? On paper, looks a tough game against Hornsey. Also, came down last season, but made, made real light work of them, I suppose you could say. They scored from the six for six. We've seen the players got fifties. Adam London is a captain and Greg King. But the plaudits go to a young teen or teen, young because he's a teenager. Teenager Ranch Gianni scored one hundred and twenty. Now I had a question for you, Dan. Gianni was a, the second seventy-year-old player to score a ton in MCCL for Richmond. Who was the first? For Richmond or in the MCCL? Yes, no, for Richmond. Ooh, for Richmond, crikey. It's gone into bigger and better things since. Yeah, I've got to think. I should I should know this. Wasn't Compton was it? No, a bit better than Compton. No, even so, that's better than Compton. Yeah, bit better than Compton. Oh, hold on a minute. Was he a lefty? He was a lefty. He could whack it. He could whack it. Yeah. Okay. He wasn't bad bad keeper either. Wasn't a bad keeper either. Yeah. Gilchrist. Interesting. Adam Gilchrist. You set the bar high there. Yeah, indeed. 
But impressive performance. I mean, he's he's been around a little bit, hasn't he, Vance Chani? And so it's not not a total surprise that he's doing so well, right? Yeah, I mean, I think this is his first noticeable score for the for the first team. And looking at his stats from Saturday, he's very positive cricket. He's got 100, 101 balls for 120, mm-hmm. um, 12 fours and six fours. So, yeah, 12 fours and four sixes. And Hornsby's attack is no, they're no mugs. They're, they're decent, decent attack. attack. Yeah. Some good bowlers in that side. You know, you've got Bruce and Abazu who on their day were all handful. Hornsby did give it a go. They scored 72. And Brandon Diplock's 56. Quickly run a ball. But the damage was done, I think, in, in the first innings. And as I said, Richmond are now the side who, who head to table and look like the real side to catch or even to beat, I would say. Mm. Yeah, they've made quite a strong starting statement, haven't they, there? That's, there's no doubt about that. Another side that we, we predicted time and time again would do well, but have had a bit of a bumpy start. Harrison Mary's, well, they, they they got 10 points at the weekend, right? They're back, they're back in the saddle. Yeah, I mean, at, at the halftime break, you would have thought the win wasn't the most likely outcome just due to the fact that which we would you know, really sort of batted well and managed to a very positive score to 8-8-6 or 8-45. Um, and Paul Ingram is it's, it's a good track normally. It's very quick out. It is, yeah, it's a good place to bat. It yeah. runs down the hill, went towards the tennis court, but you know, when, he, when he gets hit down there. And their innings were built around um, two, two good knocks. Uh, Tasha still right in the opening batting this year. So he's found a new lease to life, scored 74. And, no, he, and, he tells me he's not going to do this regularly, but he's had two fifties, hasn't he, in two innings? So well, yeah, yeah. He, he's also the captain, so you know, I'm sure <laughs> he'll be making that decision, yeah. you know, based on what he's doing. I think he's doing a good job. Another player who we do now have good news, Abraham Tipness, called Nigel Not Out. So as I said, two at eight for six, looks quite quite a commanding score. You would have thought that could have been quite tricky, but the injury of Harris at Mary, you've got Tom Pettit, very experienced player. Been around for a while, 18 not out, and then another player we keep mentioning week in, week out, Carl Kazmi scored 72. Also mentioned to young Angus Pervos over the batting scored 52, and they came home in 40, just inside 43 rows. That's a very good chase. Yeah, I mean, just a, theory, just a theory on this one. I mean, 289 is a good score, although Winter Royal is a place where you do score quite a bit of runs. On a good day, on a sunny day with a flat track, it's a great place to bat. Abby Tipness, 90 not out in 94 balls. He can't really knock somebody who's got 90 not out. But when I see Ross Forrester was 39 off 22, I, I, I don't know. Is there a case maybe that, 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 that he might have gone a bit quicker? Now, I wasn't there and you weren't there. And it might be hindsight kicking in. But I, I do wonder sometimes whether, whether people can you know, t- take quite a long time to get into their innings. And ultimately, looking back, whether they might have fancied a few more, maybe, question mark. We weren't there. But, but it's one of those ones where I think sometimes... You know, when you see the side bat and second bat the way they do, you, you realise you might have missed a trick when you bat it first. But I say we won't know. I mean, look at the face tag. That looks like they probably need to get around three twenty, don't they? Just the fact they never two overs to go, maybe to get the score. So, yeah, but I do get your point there totally. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just a hypothesis. I mean, we weren't mm-hmm. there, so we can't really comment on the way back. <laughs> it was just something that occurred to me that sometimes, you know, a good knock in the first innings can often look not quite so good when you see the second team play. But but there we go. Elsewhere, there was, well, your boys had an entertaining afternoon, didn't they, North London? Well, I mean, the point you just made that she's quite relevant to how we batted. So we chased down Southgate's 2 2 4, I think it was in the end, uh, and one off the last ball, only four wickets down, though. They said 2 1 2, 2 1 2, they, they posted, and we yeah. chased it down and one off the last ball. So, like you just mentioned about sort of pacing the innings, I think obviously we won the pacing game. Pacing the innings, pacing the innings, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, we left it really, sort of really, really late. A bit nervous at the end. Uh, obviously, to get four to win the game, we needed two off the last ball. We've got young lad Will Bridge, I've mentioned on the podcast in previous years. Good cricketer. He's got eight to seven. However, I think he will he will learn from his innings and 
think about you know how maybe just accelerating potentially but as i say he's young loads of ability lovely kid and i think he's got good you know future ahead of him and the fact he's called 87 can't really run what can you suppose against the young lad decent that, so yeah decent yeah. i mean I, I i messaged you know your skipper alan O'Shea about this and said oh you know decent enough win that alan you won you won with you know six wickets and five overs but i misread the bloody result and i so and he came back to me and said no it wasn't that clear dan and he explained that you needed three off the last ball and you, and you got it right yeah, one was a wide, it was a wide, and obviously two of the last one in Cameron, and he obviously hit four down the ground. And I mean, that was another positive point, which I hate. Wide obviously. off the last ball when your opponent yeah. three to win, crikey! That's, oh, yeah. that's not what you need, is it? Yeah, no, so obviously it's good to get a win though. So boys are pretty happy about that. Yeah, I can imagine, and, and you know, you guys are, are sitting pretty. Yeah, you're on twenty six points. You're joint second, joint second with Acton, who had a, a decent win. Over Osterley. I mean, Acton, I think I'm it, probably pretty fair comment. Not, not really cooking on gas yet. They, they hadn't played any cricket until basically week three. And because of the weather and, and, and the challenges that brought. So so I think they'll be pretty happy to, to be where they are on, on on 26 points. And I know that, you know, that, I mean, Sahil said to me they're probably about six out of ten at the moment. But they, they got home and, and that included beating a, a, an ever unpredictable Osterley by 30, 34 runs. Now, Osterley... This year have been a bit more predictable. They haven't won a game yet. I mean, I don't know if you picked up much there, Sal, but it looks like they're struggling. Yeah, I think they've lost a couple of players from last season who who had quite an impact. They've got a new captain this year as well, so maybe it's yeah. sort of bedding in and trying to work out what the correct team is to play in the Saturday. But Acton, you know, we are they're, they're just so consistent, aren't they? They all they've got players who just perform week in week out. You know, Sahil, Raj Riker, you know, James O'Neill. These these guys are very good players who. You know the league really well as well, so you can never bet against them. Yeah, no, that's, I, I still think that holds holds true. The last game in the division, another close one. Harrow Town don't do dull, do they? They, they got home with a three overs to spare and one wicket to spare against against Barnes. Did you get any angle on that one? Yeah, I caught some of it. Actually, the, the game was on, on YouTube, so I just watched it last night. It really, really brilliant finish. The number eleven has to give credit to number eleven. He he blocks out quite a few balls in. Just being patient and waiting for his punt at the other end to get the runs. And he batted for 18 balls. Actually, the captain, Aravind, 18 balls from one run. And I like that. One not out to win the game of yeah. 18 balls. That's, yeah, nerves of steel. It was really, really good, good sort of display of patience. And like you said, nerves of steel. Harsh Trevedi was a man who hit the winning runs. So this is, they're not, they're, Harold Chan are the kind of side who have shown they've got the mentality to sort of really fight games out. They've got extravagant players as well. So they'll be delighted having one now, I think two out of the first three in getting promotion next division up to always a bit of a challenge for them. And they've done a great job so far. But Barnes also would be buoyed by the fact that they're not getting spanked. They sh- they could have won last week. Maybe they got close to Axon score. Today they again or yesterday actually they've lost by, you know, one wicket. So again they they they're probably not too far away from celebrating their first win one looks a bit. Yeah, and I'd heard that as well. I was going to say Barnes are third bottom with seven points at the moment, but I've spoken to a couple of people who played against them this year, and it sounds like they've recruited pretty well. They've, they've got a boy there who used to play for Gloucester, who's they brought in. They've got a nice leggy, I believe, and, and it's not happened for them yet, but I think somebody's going to get a bit of a beating from Barnes quite quite soon, and I, I think they will be a side that will, will, will pick up. Actually, I noticed they play Osterley this week, but it may be, it may be time for them to step up. A tent low lane on Saturday, but yeah, keep an eye on them. I, I don't, I don't think they're quite where their position has them in the league. I don't think that's where they'll end up, but we shall see. Moving to Division Two, well, Chops, Chops Jumer, who we had on 
last week. He, he did a bit of jug avoidance last week, didn't he? 95, and then he got himself out. Well, he didn't, he didn't avoid the jug this week, did he, Sam? He went one better? No. You have a great knock from the, from the man. The one of 57 balls. Kenton are obviously started making the headlines at the moment and they're, and they're top of the table. Wembley, 158, was nowhere near enough to challenge Kenton. As the shops, who was fantastic in his 101, took him to a victory inside 30 overs. So they've had, they had a, couple, a great couple of weeks where they've proven that you know, they are definitely a side not to be messed around with. Yeah, looking good, aren't they? And the level with Indian Jim, another side who quietly started well. Maybe Sir Parminder Factor. Could be. He's brought his magic to them. Yeah, I mean, Highgate away is never an easy game, despite being a small ground. You know, they only they're only chasing up at 150, 160, might be exactly. And they got there by winning by four wickets. They've got a player who bats very similar to shots in Mumbula, Reichel, very good cricketer, played a very good level before. And he smashed 76 or 48 balls, which yeah. turned out to be, you know, Crucial in, in their chase. I'm exactly. Well, they chased it with so much despair. They were chasing 188 and they got it. They got 194 for six off 26. Well, so there you go. He wasn't hanging around. And I'm exactly 55 not out. Earlier on, Ben Donkers did his normal sort of cameo that likes to do, scored 50 for Highgate. But, you know, Highgate was a little bit disappointed. There was no Sadis around yesterday in the, in the lineup. That's obviously a big loss. However, not many teams will, will sort of, you know, go there and win the way sort of Jim Kyle have done. It's sort of really. Having to dig in first in the bowling department and been batting in terms of just like really sort of being aggressive and, and winning the game. In the end, it looks quite yeah. tough in the end, I suppose, but it's a good form type in, in my eyes from Jim Carter. And Absolutely. Although Highgate, you, you know Highgate better than me because obviously they're neighbours to North London, but they won't be massively enamoured with ninth place and eight points after four games, will they? They're, they're hoping for better than that this season. Not at all. That'd be something that's probably, yeah. I mean, it's early days. We know it's early days and things yeah, sure. change completely. But yeah, if, they, if you said to them after four games, where would you like to be? They'd be thinking top three. Yeah. So to, to be where they are, it's going to be, I won't say alarm bells, but there'll be conversation taking place behind the scenes, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you don't get relegation six-pointers in July, let alone at the end of May, but they're playing at Enfield this week. And so that's 9th v 10th. And I, I, both sides were pretty keen to, to get a win there. And Enfield, well... Tony says is back in the run, isn't he? They, they, it was sort of the, the battle of the master blasters when they played Harrow, right? Yeah, if, you, if these two guys on their day can entertain and really put on the show, and they did get on yesterday, Ronald Etienne for Harrow, real charismatic cricketer, you know, I've umpired him a couple of times, a really sort of interesting bloke. I'm shrinking Violet, is he? No, I mean, and, I mean, I've watched him back twice, actually once, actually. He's just a joy to watch. He just plays some incredible shots. And yesterday was a great example. Harrow posted 292 for nine of which he's 136 not out. And if any side's going to... So if Infield had any chance of getting those runs, it rested really rested on Tony Sayers, who, who did his utmost best, scored 119, but was dismissed by Etienne, who also took Oof. 4 for 37. So a valiant chase by Enfield. However, as you said... Do you know how many balls t- Tony doesn't, doesn't bat? I, I think it was, it was around 80-odd. It wasn't... Oh, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about, I mean, both, both these two guys, they don't do running ball innings. They do, you know, strike rates... 150-ish, I reckon, normally on average. So, yeah, and he said they, they would definitely be worried at Enfield. And he, with Highgate coming to them this Saturday, win-lose game, one's going to be upset, I think, come Saturday evening. Yep, yeah, that's that's true. And also, Wickham House have quietly started moving through the gears, haven't they? They're up in third at the moment. They, they had a good win at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I mean Hamza's done a lot of good work behind the scenes. He's a good sort of passionate captain. He thinks about the game a lot and, and credits him for what they've, what they've done so far. You know, I'm sure the intention would be the old adage when you come up, make sure we stay up, have, make sure we consolidate our place in the season. 
Yasser Amin 110, say, and then Shab- Shabazz Azizullah came in and smashed a very quick 97, raised two balls. That enabled him to get on 299 for seven. East Coast, they've had, you know, they, they, the overseas from last year was a massive loss. And I think the guy they've got may, may have been injured. He did play, but he might have been injured. Dan Travers scored 111 for East Coast in a response, but they fell well short. Bold effort 2 3 1. So, yeah, Wickham House will be really, really chuffed with their sort of return and how they perform so far. Yeah, they're, they're, they're beginning to look look quite good. And the last game in the division was the one that you had you had a good view of from 22 and a bit yards, right? And St. Amstead came out on top against Brenton. Brenton put 216 on the board and St. Amstead got them for six with, with with a fair few balls to spare. Was it was it a relatively straightforward affair for St. Amstead? Yeah, I mean, the, the wicket had... There's a guy playing for Southampton called Nilon Pascal who's played two chess West Indies. I think he must be mid to late 30s now. And he was pushing it through. But some decent, believe it was at decent pace. But once the new ball went, the ball didn't really spin much. It's quite up and down kind of pitch, really. If he, if he got it on that track, it was, it was quite easy, really, batting-wise. Adil Khan scored 85 for Brentford. I mean, I definitely felt at the break there was at least 30, 40 short, 216 for seven. And that proved to be the case. As they're opening bats. Young guys used to play at Bronsby called Mushab Mouafi, scored 117. They actually run out, I think, they needed one to win. Actually, no, he was out, so he wouldn't need one to win. I think he was quite a member. And there was a couple of weeks that fell late, but it was, it was all, all in control. So I'm actually happy for Nish, because Nish, Nish Patel, you know, as you know as well, Daniel Sell, really nice guy. He um, is a nice guy, yeah. Uh, definitely, yeah time, he Rich. definitely comes in their league there, category. Being that South for 20 years, that's, that's some feat. Seen lots of ups Is he still working? He's always been a very elegant player in my eyes. He bowled a good spell, actually. He bowled really well. But he, yeah, I think he's been, he's always been a very classy, elegant player. He can hit it if he needs to, but he can also stroke the ball around and pick up ones and twos. But yeah, I mean, I'm really happy for him because they got their first one. Brentford also a really nice bunch of guys, played in a really good spirit. As I said, very good track, nice day all around, I would say. So credit to both sides for a good game of cricket for me to actually umpire. Obviously, one side disappointed, one side not. And hope they both have a good season after this. Well, Southampton next week go to Kenton, so uh, let's see how they, they get on there. <laughs> but yeah, they'll, they'll be pleased with the win, no, no doubt. No doubt about that. And Brenton welcome East Coast, so two sides lost this week. will be licking their wounds a bit and we'll hope to get back in the saddle. So uh, all good. Now, if we're moving to Division 3, anything catch your eye there? Chiswick. Mm. Old eyes. A bit of a rude awakening from so far in, in Div 3. Tell, poor guy, couldn't get the 100. Chiswick scored 2 for 7 for 6. Take the red inker, Sal. Take the red inker. They're, they're worth yeah. more than 100, seriously. Yeah, but is it? Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get it. Yeah, 100% on that. And Dave Brothroyd, a bit of a, I wouldn't say veteran, but he's a season player in that division in Wichitic as well. He took 5.45, so old eyes are really finding life hard at the moment in that division. Mm. Yeah, they are, aren't they? It's been a tough, a tough step up for them. And already at this stage, Chiswick are 10 points clear, which is, you know, which is a good start. But there are, like, half the league is on yeah. 23 points, right? So, so you... We've got five teams looking to chase them down. Any any of those catch your eye the weekend? Actually, had a good result, but I think Tower Hammers, having not played at all this season just due to the weather and the ground issues they've had so mm. far, must have been undercooked and they took a bit of a beating against Actonians who, who won by 186 runs. A bit of a surprise in AP getting beaten by, by Titans, mm. which is mean, good for them because they've had a real wretched sort of few years and they're picking up some results there, so I'm pleased for them on that part. Yeah, I think I think the ones we kind of thought at the top would be, although we did predict AP to go up, and at the minute they're lying in, I think, sixth place, or seventh place, actually. 
But yeah, Chiswick were a side that were mentioned by others in terms of being strong and very progressive and where they're trying to get to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think this, this is a really open division. And a whole, obviously, because after Leeds on 23 points, there are a whole load of these sides play each other this week. MSKLP play at Conians. They're both on 23 points. We, we've got Ealing Trailfinders playing K+. They're both on 23 points. So, you know, we're going to have a bit of movement as, as the league goes on. It is also worth noting, and I, I mean, you know this, Sal, and I know this, but I was speaking to one player who's played at Twickenham for 15 years, and he did not know this. But of course, even when you lose, there's points up for grabs. Mm. And in close divisions, you know, getting close to a target or taking as many people with you as you can when you're bowling can make a difference. Getting two points when you've lost is better than getting none. And it amazes me how few people actually are aware that you can keep going and still pick something up. And in a division like that, those one or two points may just be crucial once we get to late August, early September. How about Division 4? Lanka Lions are top. They're one point ahead of Friends, Friends United. Any, any sort of comments on how things went there? So if you look at the website, the game standards, Ealing Hanover has conceded the game. I spoke to Ealing, Ealing Hanover's captain, guy Corum, very nice guy. He explained to me what happened, but I'd rather wait for the league to, you know, sort of send some kind of statement out regarding actually what they decided to do or any action will take place afterwards. But, you know, I'm hoping sort of in some ways that what he's told me, common sense does sort of prevail in some ways for him as a captain, just based on what he told me. Yeah, it's a bit of a mess, isn't it? I mean, I think... You know, we as, as I've stressed with another game, so we weren't there. We didn't see it. But it sounds like there was a bit of grumpiness around. And there were umpires at the game. Obviously, their reports will go in. And we will see where that one where, where that one ends up. As of now, late on Sunday night, Lanka Lions are, are top. And Friends United are second, the point behind them. And they won by four wickets, right? Yeah, tight, tight, sort of, sort of tight finish, actually. Loads of boring game. Sporty, London, Sporty, 111 all out. And Friends United got their total in just under 20 overs. And I'm sorry, didn't really hang around. Didn't have a good day. I'd get the job done and probably see some of their friends in the evening. That's why they're you know, in a hurry, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. Um, mm. nice performance for those guys. Yeah. And, and West Harrow had an interesting afternoon. So it's a bit of a, bit of a late order rear guard. Well, not really rear guard, was it? A late order fight back that, that caught our eye. Yeah. So Stoke Minton had them in real sort of real trouble, 108 for eight. And probably looking at maybe chasing under, I don't know, maybe under sort of 120 until number 10 for West Harrow, Roshan Tamar scored 70, which is quite obviously, there must be one of the highest scores number 10 scored up in, in that, in, in any kind of cricket, really. Took him from 108 for eight to 208 for nine. And then Man, Manhar Patel took 545, Stokey all that from 190. So that, that last wicket, or that last wicket, and the ninth wicket stand was so crucial in, in securing that win for West Harrow. And it's not just a run, Sal. We've both been there. It's that you walk off the pitch expecting to be chasing 120 and you're chasing 220 and you, it, the, you just feel demoralised. And you tell yourself that, you know, had they been 200 for three, you'd be over the moon with 220. But they weren't, were they? And, and it can have such a debilitating effect on the side that's chasing. And, and they won by 30 runs. So it looks like it, it really was a decisive, uh, decisive moment in the, in the game. In Division 5, Tonians continue there. Good start to the season. They've been pretty impressive. They're on 33 points, joint top after beating beating Swami Bapa. Of course, who I predicted to go up, and it doesn't look like they're going up at the moment. But then again, Swami Bapa have started well, uh, started badly in previous seasons and come back. But this time, yeah, they were they were all out of 70, and Calypsonians knocked that off for the loss of six to 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 go top of the table. At the other end, London Super Kings are, are bottom. They, I thought they do reasonably well in this division, but they got seven points. And they lost by 10 wickets to North London Muslims with Imran Muller scoring 48 out of 39 for, for them. So 
Super Kings will probably be, 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 be looking to regroup a little bit and to, and to find their way to, to, to a win or two in Division 5 before too long. Division 6, so Stallions still galloping ahead. See what I did there? Yeah, I got that. You like that? Nice. Like that. Yeah. Playing words there, Dan. Excellent work, yeah, mate. all good. All good. Yeah, no, yeah, they are definitely galloping ahead. They're top of the table, clash against Ely Free Bridges, then came out of Richter's by 52 runs, and they're now they're, they're definitely being the team to catch by the, by the looks of it. And as, as I mentioned many a time this pod, Dan, on their day, they should be far too good for most sides in the division. I would say almost well, every side. Just looking at the play. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, yep. And, and they are, yeah, they're, they're, they've started well. They've started well, looking good. South Harrow are second. They're, they're five points behind them. And they beat Kingsbury Construction by, by five wickets. So South Harrow have also started this season. Well, of course, this is the division where Northolt Manor and CRS Cardinals tied. So we, we, we've been over that one once, but they're, they're, they're very much in the middle. We'll be hoping that they can, that they can leap on and, and start challenging those two sides at the top. Division seven, well, we had one match that was conceded. That was a background to that. New England Gladiators conceded the match against Tamil United, I suspect. It was the plague of trying to get a ground that did it. I think I think that's you know the most likely outcome. But there were two other matches, right? And one of them had quite a lot of runs in. Yeah, a bit of a run first tier between London Desperados, who scored two six two for eight, chasing down Harlington Meadows, scored two six one for six. So that must have been a very entertaining game to sort of. A close game, yeah, yeah. Be involved in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and Bahani were the other team that played. They that they won and. They are they are looking pretty good. They they chased the Metadors 120, and they got them for seven. So plenty of wickets about the Bahani got home, and that means that they um, have played three and have 30 points. So they're looking good. They are seven ahead of the Desperados and the Warriors. Of course, slightly odd table because there's only eight teams in it, and they don't play every week. They will play their games through the season. So we've got some teams with three games. We've got Hollington Meadows who played four. We've got Kingsman who played two. But it will all work itself out over the course of the next few weeks and months. So in terms of highs and lows, where do we get to there, Sal? So for this weekend's daily records, top of the charts, we've got highest score, Richmond's one with 306 for six, and the lowest score, Norfolk Park, 64, all out in Division 5 against Binder Challengers. Richmond take the accolade for the highest score this, season, this week, and the lowest score goes in 14-2 in Middlesex Titans, who's, who's twos. A 44 wall out against Bench Wars 2 in Division 2. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. But then again, it's not, none of those are quite at season record levels, even though they're only in Week 4. So, you know, we still have Kenton with the highest total in the league this year, 393. And right, in terms of first team cricket with the lowest, which I still find odd, Sal. Bespera have had a really good couple of years yeah. and generally score quite a lot of runs. And yet they just did not do that last week. So they are, at the moment, the lowest first level score that we've had. All good. Now, there's been a bit of cup action. There always will be quite a bit in May because lots of teams are in the early rounds of a number of different cups. What are the key takeaways from there? So we come to the national, a bit of a, let's say, bleak, but disappointing day for us clubs in, in the national today. So we had, the, the good news was Tellington, who were in Group 12, actually in all Middlesex clash, took and took Stanmore and won by 10 wickets. So they're into the group final and they'll be playing Aston Rowant, who defeated the Eating today. So that's going to be our only hope of any sort of potential national sort of silverware with group 14 sort of crouching, beaten by Brentwood. So as I mentioned, only one side now flying the flag from the sex in the national competition this year. Yeah, okay. Do we know when the next round is taking place? I'm not sure exactly, no. Probably be another two weeks' time, I think it might be. Okay. 
Makes sense. And oh, any other cup be stuff? Yeah, they don't say no T20, but there's been some League Cup and trophy action, I think. League Cup, North Mid were defeated by Richmond today in a real close game. Went down to the last over, and earnings by Ben Ward scored 100 for Richmond, saw them to victory, so they're into the next round. Last week, Barnes beat Finchley. That's a bit of a slight bit of a shock there. And I think the trophy, mainly most, next week will be lots of the games. I know next week, there's quite a few trophy games, there's quite a few League, game, League Cup games taking place next Sunday. I know North, North London playing Mitchell Hill. I think you guys have got Acton next Sunday. I think it's down if I'm correct. That sounds about right. Yep. Yeah. So about next, right. next Sunday even we'll have quite a few games to sort of report back on uh, in regards to that. Yeah, we can give a sort of lay of the land, can't we? Which which sides are in? I guess we could be nearing quarterfinal stage in some of these things. So we'll have to have a look and uh, yeah, and let people know where we are. All good. And in terms of your cricket in week ahead, Sal, I may, I mean, this is what we're recording on Sunday. I may, may go over to watch Middlesex and the T20 tomorrow. My two boys are playing Gloucester up at Merchant Taylor's. Are you, any cricket in action for you? No, I've got a game on tomorrow, actually, for Johan, who, who's linked to quite a few. With the From Highgate, yeah. Yes, I help him out with that stuff. And actually, Thursday, we've got Murph Hughes coming down to our club in North London. He's doing like an evening of Murph Hughes. And also got a team that he brings down. So they're playing our sort of club level on Thursday. Well, it could be messy. That's could be very messy. Yeah. Anyone would like to come along, just go onto our, our Instagram page or our website and there are tickets available. It's £15. Get get chilli meal and you get a nice evening with Murphy. So if you fancy coming Is down. Is Murphy's worth playing? Has he played? No, no, no. He'll be sitting there. Probably that really would be worth seeing. Up yeah. to the bar. And that's a good evening. He's been here before. He's good, good an attempt, good value. Obviously, got some great stories to tell us as well. So, you know, if anyone out there would like to come along, you're more than welcome to. Just, just get, get in touch with me, actually, if you want to. And a nice chance to meet one of the Australian cricket legends talking about his career. And you say the food, it's £15, the food? £15. See, that, yeah. that's, a, that's a decent day, that is. Go and watch Murphy, listen to Murphy's, watch a bit of cricket, some yeah. grub for 15 quid. Don't get much cheaper than that in London, right? Not at all, mate, no. So it's also very good value. Fantastic. I like the sound of that. And of course, we have a test match coming up. I mean, I know that's not directly Middlesex County Cricket League related, but I always think that the season really begins when the first domestic test match of the summer takes place. And I think it's Ireland on Thursday, right? That's what I've heard. Is Lords, is that the venue? Is that correct? I think it's at Lords, yeah, which could mean that we have fewer umpires about, right? A lot of umpires like to go and watch on Saturday at Lords, but we will deal with that in due course. Cool. Sal, thanks very much as ever. Have a good week. And you, Dan? And I will, we will reconvene next Sunday. Top man, have a great week. Take care. Okay. Cheers, Al. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.